0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the student of the game. I am Kyle Nasser, Student of the Game, and listen, if you're here, chances are you like talking sport. And you we're so glad you're here to be with us tonight. Um, you know, whether you're doing it tonight or or tomorrow or, or on demand, whenever you want to, on the podcast through any one of your podcast uh podcatchers there for any of the various servi- services, Apple, Spotify, what have you. Um, if there is one you would like to see us be on, let me know and I will make it happen. RSS uh, RSS feeds are our friends, and getting the show to you just the way you like it. But if you also like the video version and are watching that currently. Check out the Huddle Up YouTube channel, Huddle Up podcast. We're streaming live there as well. You can also find the archives there for the Student Game Show as well. Of course, you check this out on the A Seven B N Sports. Uh, Facebook Live. Check this out on the bond the buzzer. Facebook Live. For those who remember my previous work with Danny Thompson, you can see this on the Student of the Game Facebook Live. Also on Twitter at the Student of the Game. The list goes on and on on where you can consume this honor, joy, and privilege that I have in giving you sports content. So enjoy uh, that. Now you might be wondering, but Kyle, I see your face here, and but you're also on the Black and Gold banner at YouTube page. Bing. Well, that's because. I am fooling you. This is pre-recorded, and I am currently covering the UCF uh, men's basketball team, the UCF Knights, hosting the Houston Cougars, who will be ranked number three in that contest. Last time the Knights played them there in Houston, it was a close game. It could be a close game once again. Granted, UCF does have some injuries, but also Houston, after a huge upset to Temple, uh, might be able to find some vulnerabilities there. Very interesting basketball game, and I'm covering it for the black and gold banneret. So, look forward to that, um, as well. But, anyways, let's get into some football talk. I want to go to college real quick because I I wasn't going to do it at first, but I, I, again, whenever I have an opportunity to talk about Coach Pratt, I'm going to. i have made jokes about the Hall of Famer. You. There's a defensive player that doesn't tackle very much. Ooh. 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 We all know gets Deontay. I say that. Oh, what he's accomplished I already wake up, for Colorado is Now I know there are skeptics out there. Who, I wake up I wake up you know to he's only going to do more. But here's what I know: Colorado had one win last year in the Pac-12. A conference that isn't particularly great, and they bring in Dion to do something as he is reminded the people there, uh, for that program that they haven't done in two decades, and that's trying to you know lift things up from where they were, right? You know, but I think Cordell Stewart might be the last prominent Colorado Buffalo that comes to mind. You know, um, I digress, punchline's this you're a one in 11 program, and you still find yourself to have the th- 30th best recruiting class, if I read it right. That's a statement, folks, right? This is the kind of swag, not swag, swag that Deion Sanders brings to a program. Moreover, seeing what the Pac-12 is, a conference where Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley offensively dominated it previously, he brings in two top corners in the nation. So pairing that some experts could claim might be the best pairing in the nation right i'm not a big college analyst I, you know i don't necessarily know the entire roster but the fact that you're hearing these things in a let's say in a situation for a program that had previously won a single contest is a whole ball of wax the likes of which i i cannot what is his words cons- like I don't care if it's Deion Sanders. I would not have expected that big a jump. And there's some ratings out there that say he had either the fourth or the seventh best transfer portal class. Those ratings get tricky because different programs bring in a different number of transfers, so how good a a, a transfer portal class can or can't be is is tricky. I I don't really feel like those being rated is, is, is a science per se. It's more of an art, and it's not even a very structured art, right? But for Dion to do that in a conference that was previously dominated by Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley and Chip Kelly at UCLA, right, um, that was eventually won by Utah. Oh, by the way, two of those teams, not even on there uh, in the conference anymore, they're in the Big Ten. Well, that makes it all very interesting, doesn't it? With the swag that Prime is bringing to this conference, or I should say specifically the the Colorado Buffalo, I'm not here to tell you they're going to win the conference. I'm honestly not that brave. I'm not here to tell you they're going to be top twenty five ranked or anything ridiculous like that. That would be that would be asinine. But I do know much, they're much better than being near the bottom of what the hundred and thirty uh, Division one football teams that are out there, right? I think they're at least top 100 now, don't you? (laughs) Right? Like, I say that jokingly, but I'll put it this way. For a coach to improve a program by five wins is a fantastic accomplishment. If Coach Prime gets the the Colorado Buffalo back to bowl game status, I don't care if it's the Idaho Potato Bowl. Like, that's a win. Right. If they play on the blue field for in Boise State for that bowl game, that's a win. A team with one win being bowl game eligible the next year. And I know people will scoff at that. Well, oh, you know, it's a lower bowl and there's so many bowl games. Okay, fine. But you know where bowl games do matter? Recruits watching. Right. Those are the facts of the case. And it's very interesting because if you have Coach Prime and his donors are even a portion of what he is uh, implicated in some of his speeches that you've seen on YouTube and his reach on social media is a fraction of what it looks like it is. He's in a scenario where NIL won't have him losing recruits necessarily, but keeping them in the building if he wants them there. See, that's the part about NIL. People don't talk about it is, is, well, you know, if somebody offers a good enough NIL deal, maybe a guy can be convinced to say when he would have otherwise transferred. Now, how good a practice that is or isn't is completely another conversation. But don't tell me it's not on the table. Don't tell me that guys with NFL aspirations don't see Coach Prime as an opportunity, regardless of the side of the ball they're on, by the way. Who's going to teach a player to be a brand for himself better than Prime? Who invented the term business decision for a player? Deion Sanders Claus coming to town was narrated by Dennis Leary. A lot of you are going to go, who the bleep is that? Which, you know, isn't he the old guy in the firefighter show? So many people don't remember he's a comedian because they weren't alive yet. Okay? By the way, some Dennis Leary schmack on the show tonight. Didn't think that would happen. So, anyways, anyone who's trying to tell you that Deion Sanders isn't able to take the Colorado Buffalo to a bowl game in his first year is just, a, is just a pessimist, in my opinion. Like, who is tough in the Pac-12 right now? Or I guess Pac-10, technically, because two teams left. I don't know. None of the numbers match their damn conference volume. But you know what I'm talking about. Other than the Utes. Okay. I done told you they were going to win the conference. I just said they're going to be bowl eligible. If they go 500 in the conference, I don't think that's a tall prediction to you. I don't know. But what do I know? I'm just a student. We'll see what happens. Let's switch to this. So Bill O'Brien, former Houston Texan head coach, is going to return to the Patriots to be the offensive coordinator. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It actually represents a significant upgrade. And in, if anything else, it represents Bill Belichick acknowledging he needs to make a correction, which if I'm a Patriots fan, huge. Not something you saw a lot of previously, right? Bill Belichick has a reputation, fair or not, I think it's pretty fair, but fair or not, of being, how you say, Petty and, and, and hard to, to prescribe change, right? <clears throat> but I think Bill O'Brien's arrival is a good thing. Keep in mind, it, it, it's not like the football part was what he did bad. It was the GM part. The Texans gave him too much power, period, point blank, end of story, right? The Laramie Tunsil debacle with the picks that they gave away to get him to Miami which helped bring Miami to prominence in no uncertain terms. Like that, (laughs) excuse me, that to me was more his downfall. I don't think it was about his coaching, right? The Texans were at least playoff competitive and participating before they lost DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, Deshaun Watson, et cetera, et cetera. So in a scenario where you're trying to get a quarterback who's promising, maybe not the best in the league by any stretch, but promising in a division where at least two of the teams may decline. We don't know what's going on with two in Miami. We don't know the quarterback situation with the jets. We're just pretty certain that Zach Wilson, isn't the answer. I'm pretty sure Joe Flacco, not a factor. The draft will determine their fate, which means they'll have a pure rookie at the quarterback position. And as it stands, the Pats, for all their alleged limitations, one game away from the playoffs. Hell, (laughs) that debacle at the end of the Raider game, where he was once again playing his former uh, disciple in Josh McDaniels, and McDaniels beat him again, where previously he had done it with Tim Tebow on his roster. Figure that out. (laughs) Granted, he wasn't playing. That's not the point. But I think if you're telling me that Bill O'Brien is becoming the OC and they only need one more win, I think Bill O'Brien represents a single win improvement at the very least. I I can get behind that, especially with a declining AFC East. And I'm not here to tell you that the Bills um, aren't declining in their own way, if you're to believe what you saw this past weekend, right? But they're still clearly going to to win the AFC East, one would think, right? Even though at one point they did have the worst record in the AFC East. Like, I don't think anybody stopped believing they would win the division. Anyways, unless you were a Dolphins fan, of course. That's a whole other question. Anyways, enough about that. Uh, We got playoff football to talk about. Conference Championship Sunday. It's going to be amazing stuff. Um, I brought in a couple of very fun guests. To talk about the AFC, and we'll get into that right now. And as promised here, the treat in question, the two AFC representatives, of course, you know my man down at the bottom of the screen, Mikey Byrne, the burn himself of the Five for Fighting Pod on the network. Do, do we call it the podcast network? I don't know. Gets Anyways, Mikey burns in the building. Uh, People have given us positive feedback for our end-of-year awards, as they should. And, of course, you may not have seen for some time since, I don't know, the preview for the Chiefs. You would think I would have talked about the Chiefs more, but they were just kind of boring in their trip to the top. From the shores of the St. John's, representing A7BN Sports and other entities out there. My man, Brian Paul, you know him better as BP. What's going on, guy?
1: Oh, back to the AFC Championship we go.
0: <laughs> oh, so, yeah, straight out of the uh, martial arts school. That's, that's that's wonderful.
1: Literally off the mat into the podcast. <laughs> so,
0: uh, let, 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 speaking of off
1: the mat, um,
0: a guy who came off the mat yeah. and did something that yeah. actually changed the term of the game so for you long. guys taking down the bag wasn't Patrick LeVon Mahomes the second, but Chad Henney going 96 yards. What's that all about? Well,
1: sometimes you have to just pop open a Henny and and just let the old man fly. And this guy's I, I saw that Kyle and the first thing I said was, "Uh-oh, there went the super bowl. We're done." <laughs> just just roll it up because this happened before. The last time we were in this situation where we were going to end up not knowing at the time that we were going to face Cincinnati again, but you know, we, we've seen this movie before, and Joe Burrow turned out to be the star and ended up losing to the 49ers in the Super Bowl. So we're, we're kind of...
0: burn, Well, yeah, you
1: know, but, you know you, but we've seen this movie before, at least the prequel. So I, I was like, no. But as soon as that happened, my brother texted me and said, uh-oh, Jags got a shot. And I said, no, 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 they got Henny. He's done this before. It's not just the fact that he's, you know, been in the NFL forever as a backup quarterback. It's the fact that he's been in this particular situation in this round of the playoffs with something on the line. And in this case, it was 98 yards and score or be scored upon. And also, I'd like to congratulate Chad Henney on such a successful touchdown drive. This is the same quarterback who drove down the field 98 yards, who was the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. For six seasons thank you trent bulky for being an idiot general manager and getting rid of a very good backup quarterback who might have saved you at some point um, had you not had a business decision in mind trevor lawrence can enjoy the pecan waffles all he wants but if ever trevor goes down who is behind him We've got Chad Henney. I don't know what y'all got down there, but, well, y'all are going home anyway, so we're not worried about it. But well, mm-hmm. I digress. The you know.
0: is a decent backup quarterback, sort of but he ain't great. I get it. And then, by the way, let's take this off here at the Waffle House because even though Jamal Agnew very tragically fumbled that ball, would have ruined that, that, ended up ruining that drive. Did you, Trevor Lawrence, chuck that dude running the football? Effectively, i got excited about that. Sunshine well, yes.
1: Not well, yes. Yeah. He, he, he went back and and this has been a recurring theme with Trevor Lawrence this season is his success on Saturdays. And the dude basically felt like he was in Death Valley and it wasn't Peterson. it was Swinney on the sidelines and, and they were just they called his number. he ran with it. he lowered the shoulder, smacked all 16 pounds of him. Um, But he actually, you know, ran some effort. And I noticed that across all of the commentary, especially with the AFC playoff games throughout the playoffs so far, that everybody has talked about the youth movement that's taking place at quarterback. You know, you've got Mahomes, you've got Burrow, you've got Allen. And Trevor Lawrence is starting to creep into that picture. Now, will he stay in that picture is yet to be seen because the Jags have been known to do what the Jags do and rise to prominence and then spend five years in security. So we may how or may much, not see – How much cap space this. does Jacksonville have
2: going in the offseason? Um, how
0: gonna much gonna have cap make, space? They're going to have to make yeah. some decisions, that's for sure. Yeah. But okay. I'm pretty sure they're going to be able to clear some with some of the guys they're going to part with. Like I'm fairly certain Marvin Jones, he's going to be gone. I'm pretty sure yeah. C.Q. Griffin, much to my chagrin, going to be gone. Um, so yeah. that's going to free up some of it.
1: Right. And and that's a name that we didn't hear a whole lot of is Griffin this season. He really wasn't a factor in the Jacksonville defense like we had anticipated he would be. So, yeah, when when they open up some cap room, you know, they're, they're going to be able to make some decisions on defense. But the, the good news is for at least for Jacksonville, they, they put on a really good showing in this game. Not not to belittle anything that they had done other than the fact that they rolled Patrick's ankle. And, you know, that's many people of the proponents are saying that that's the reason he didn't torch them by 50. But regardless, you know, Jacksonville showed out. I mean, they 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 did what most teams do against Kansas City, and they figured out Spagnoli's defense and found a way to plug the holes and get into situations where the Chiefs are chasing somebody downfield instead of keeping it in front of them. Kansas City's defense, and I've said this time and time again, has always been porous in the Andy Reid area. Uh, Andy Reid era rather they're they're trying very hard to out track meet somebody with their offense using offense as their defense and it's not really been successful Spagnoli's done better at it they've gotten much better at defending the run but they still run that too high safety and there's always a hole somewhere in the middle that a a very savvy tight end say like a George Kittle who proved that in the uh, in the NFC divisional round once he (laughs) finds a hole they're going to exploit it and that's something that Kansas City does not do very well is is plug those holes in zone defense, and more often than not, they they end up giving up chunk plays, which a team like Jacksonville eats for lunch and eventually scores on, and that's exactly what they did in this game.
0: Right, and one could argue the weakness of the offense right now might be the tight end spot there, too. Final uh, point I want to throw in there, too. You know, Shaquille Griffin, it could be argued as a big reason why uh, Christian Kirk ended up in Jacksonville because when they played last year, you know, when they were mired in Urban's bad coaching, (laughs) that never gets old. Um, The game against the Cardinals where they battled against DeAndre Hopkins, he had three catches and I think like 20-something yards being guarded singularly mostly by Shaquille Griffin. But what receiver had a day that day? One, Christian Kirk, who was able to show out and earn himself a contract.
2: So, there you go. Um, when it comes to Jacksonville, um, I know you talked about tight end spot maybe being their weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan Ingram actually had a pretty good year for a guy who was a cast off from late, to late, is my point. And sure, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a glaring weakness, let me be clear. I would say the glaring weakness is a receiver named after Christian Kirk. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: because I mean, that guy that guy had a day, but it, after him, it's it, I feel like it's here's a cliff and. There it goes off the cliff. I, well, I don't that, know.
0: that might be accurate, but Zay Jones has been a big factor. While Marvin didn't have as many yards, he what he did show up in big modes with, with touchdowns. Now, the reason why Marvin Jones is going to be parted with is that his, uh, how you say, at his age group, at, at the contract he's commanding. A billion dollars. Yeah, well, it's I don't know that it's super big, but I can d- guarantee you it's not third receiver money where he was brought basically be the, being the number one when Trevor first arrived, right? So I, I feel like that's going to be a business decision. I would think they would probably f- prefer to keep him around, but they got to leave some room for not only signing Trevor at some point, but also the Stevon Ridley trade sneaking around here in the background.
2: You know. Yeah, because um, how is he back? What is it, his?
0: We don't know. Okay. He's, so, like, um, I think reinstatement is is being stated as most mo- mostly a formal inevitability. I don't know that we have an official word on that. But um, from what I've heard from people around the organization, I sound so official from what I've heard around people around the organization, he is chomping to get involved and watching Trevor Lawrence improve before his eyes can only be adding to the excitement.
2: I mean, I would, I would say someone in his position is wholeheartedly chomping at the bit to get with a up and up and rising quarterback after, you know, the end of his tenure was, Matt Ryan being basically a shell of his former self and seeing that (laughs) Desmond Ritter and Marcus Mariota are the options uh, prior to the trade. I would be chomping at the bit to get to somebody like Trevor Lawrence as well.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, with BP and burn both context, that's what they bring to the table here with that context in mind. um, I will say this. I don't know exactly how you did it, but let's put it this way. The bills have become far too Josh Allen dependent on this our good friend Ernest Christian is absolutely true and the Bengals defense I mean there are many times where they just get completely written off I mean is it just because Joey Burr gets all the attention or what's up there burn
2: um okay so here's the thing it's funny Eli Apple before January is about as effective as a loaf of bread (laughs) crispy toasted sometimes good Eli Apple, once the calendar turns January, somehow becomes a decent cornerback. Um I was looking at the pro football talk and and pro fantasy football focus and all that Which stuff own the, team,
0: But I digress.
2: No, no, I, I was looking at the grades. I was looking at how 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 it compared offense versus offense, defense versus defense. And it was Stefan Diggs is a 94, which was somehow higher than Jamar Chase. I don't understand, but we'll get there later, I guess. Probably um, not experience alone, but details. Sure. Uh, Gabe Davis was in like the upper 70s, and they were going up against, uh, obviously, Eli Apple, who was like a 54 and a half, and CTB is a, was a 55 and a half or something. So I was like, okay. So basically they're telling me that this game is going to be d- deterrent on Jesse Bates covering over the top and helping out whomever has Stefan Diggs. And whomever has to play Gabe Davis one-on-one, if they can keep that factor at bay, it gives you a shot. Um, sure. The defense itself, and this is this is where I think Joe takes a lot of the media attention, but Joe will be the first one to give the attention to anybody else. Yeah. The addition of Trey Hendrickson yes, from New Orleans is what has made this defense go. And you're Well, that's
0: into last year
2: as well. Correct. That's what I'm saying. His acquisition gave them a solidified defensive end that can come off, that can create havoc. I but know I'm he's not.
0: Sure. I know you know that. That's for the uh, audience correct. At home. <laughs> I,
2: I know he's not the fancy name of a Bosa or a Micah Parsons, but I don't necessarily know that the Cincinnati Bengals are built on guys like that. They're built on, okay, so Trey's out this week. It's got to be Sam Hubbard. Sam's out this week. It's got to be, you know, DJ Reader on the inside's got to be better this week. Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt. You know, it, it's kind of, and it's kind of the same thing the offensive line did against Buffalo. It was next man up approach right? Um, with this team, and I think this this year's team is built better than last year's team because last year's team, when you got into a point where somebody got dinged up or somebody got missed a couple plays, and nobody, I know nobody missed a ton of time. But oh, okay, so Jesse Bates is out for a couple plays. What happened? The middle of the field became wide open. Right. Well, this same time
0: was weakest spot definitely last season. In my correct,
2: opinion. correct, absolutely. And I think the, the ability to play Mike Hilton in the slot mm-hmm. on the slot receivers has been beneficial because he's also a guy that can blitz. Uh he blitzed a couple times against Mahomes, including a sack. I think that the way when you look at this Bengals team, Zach Taylor has done a better job of having whomever is the next guy up playing at I'm not going to say the same level as the guys that they're replacing, but at least are able to fill in, and it's not a drop off where you're like, oh, great, here's here's the Achilles' heel, here's the weakness, here's Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, whoever's going to be running across the middle because Jesse Bates needed a breather one for for a player too. So it's it's one of those things where I, I love the way that he's built this team. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that walking into Buffalo in the middle of a snow globe. Um, There wasn't fear and trepidation, uh, but as you've said, they've become too Josh Allen dependent. Uh, Devin Singletary isn't really giving them anything out of the backfield. James Cook didn't play for the last last four or five weeks of the season. I think they're a team that needs to go get a, not going to say a stud running back, but they need to go get themselves a workhorse that can be the number one that you can put Cook or Singletary behind him so that you have a pass catching guy. But I don't think either one of them fills that role. They didn't really use Naheem Hines after trading for him, which I think was
0: other than for punt returns. Right. I mean, that's his big kick. Yeah. But I'll say this. And, and, and this is, this is to your point. I had to bring this in here. Um, At the former Ralph Wilson stadium, when I saw snow, I said, Oh, okay, cool. We're going to see some running. And I'm like, Oh hell, you're trying to tell me we live in a world when it snows at the former Ralph Wilson stadium and the bills are at a disadvantage. I don't think enough people are talking about that being what happened at that game.
1: Well, right? let's, let's jump into that for a second, because Please. you want to talk about being singularly focused on Josh Allen or Stefan Diggs, depending upon what you're looking at, what hindered everybody in that game. And if you watched it with a keen eye, you notice that Tony Romo was right. The footing was horrible yes. and you weren't able to tee off in the way that you would normally tee off. And when you're running in ice skates like that, and you're basically trying to do your best Tara Lipinski while rolling out of the pocket. um, Josh Allen's summarily ineffective. He did not run with any comfort. He didn't scramble with any authority. Josh Allen is an authoritative runner. When he puts his head down, tucks the ball in and takes off, you know, he's, he's out it. And the quarterback draw that they ran that almost scored, but didn't, you know, even that looked tentative at best. He was trying to look for a place that he could dig in, take that hard step, and then and push off of it. And and nobody really could. So did you n- see how
0: Mark Davis slid on that one touchdown effort? Right. Yeah. Like yeah, he, just I mean, he, just, I mean just, just took out the blonde chick and hit the wall with a pretty good amount of force. Fortunately, not hurt. But when I saw that, I I I, I knew right away the long ball. I mean let's put it this way. And this isn't me trying to minimize the guy I followed closely. Gabe Davis is a fine human being and a fantastic receiver who's improved himself in the NFL. But we're all here to know that in that offense attacking down the field is the bread and butter. If you can't get the sprint in, you can't, that don't work.
1: No. And that's exactly what happened. They were not in their wheelhouse. They were very uncomfortable. Cincinnati forced them to do things that are very atypical for Buffalo And on top of that, their defense pinned their ears back, realized they had put them in that uncomfortable situation, and they were successful in doing so and holding them to the score they did looking ahead to the AFC championship game. Guess where we are right now? Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes has not got the gimpy, you know, syndrome that, you know, that Josh Allen did because of snow. It's because he's got a high ankle sprain. Patrick Mahomes bread and butter is the ability to improvise and throw those sidearm things and do things off a of plant foot that you shouldn't do as a normal human being. That's playing football, but I digress, but yeah, the thing no is, is that
0: the season for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so Mahomes is already hindered because he's not going to be in a comfortable position Since Cincinnati realizes that his mobility is going to be an issue. You know, they're going to game plan for it. So they're going to wash, rinse, repeat exactly what they did in Buffalo and probably less snowy yet cold conditions at Arrowhead. The only thing that's going to be hindering Cincinnati right now is the fact that the crowd is loud and obnoxious, but the nicest people in the NFL, if you ask the Jaguars fans. So, (laughs) you know, but but nonetheless, you know, I, I think that's where Cincinnati played to the disadvantage of Buffalo by using that using the conditions against them and that adjustment. And I'm pretty sure that that's what they're going to replicate on defense in Kansas city is force Mahomes into the same uncomfortable situations. They forced Allen in and make him do things that he doesn't want to do and hope to God that he's got Travis Kelsey over the middle someplace where he usually finds him to, to make him, you know, look good. Like he usually does counterpunch to that though something that we've seen progress throughout the season and nobody really expected this was Isaiah Pacheco nobody expected that kid to do what he's done this point in his career and if they scheme for that correctly and make him that workhorse and then mix in a dash of the the screen pass here and there, give Patrick something else to do besides what he normally does. I think that would make Cincinnati think twice and step back. You might have to consider, you know, big red. You might want to run the set up pass this time instead of the other way around. Like they're typically doing
0: burn.
2: Um, while I, while I agree that I believe the defensive game plan will be similar. I believe there will be differences. Um, in this situation, um, Travis Kelsey greater than Dawson Knox, uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously, you're going to have to to find where 87 is all day. Make sure you have somebody uh, that not only has good coverage skill, but has good tackling skills, because the thing is against Jacksonville, it was, oh, look, he caught the pass. Then he lowered his shoulder and got seven yards afterwards. Because yeah, it's
0: a juggernaut.
2: Yeah, he literally just started kicking in the door like he was the Kool Aid Man. Just go, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Just, yeah, just kicking people out the way. Yeah, that's how my I- PP
1: anyway. Give me like five minutes.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I look at Travis Kelsey, I think you, you gotta you gotta aim in that situation. Obviously, the Patrick Mahomes vulnerability of the high ankle sprain, keeping him in the pocket, not letting him do what. Patrick Lavon Mahomes II is known for this man. Gets um, it. I do, I get it. By the way,
0: you do realize your guy is playing for middle name status on this show, correct? Uh, correct. Okay. Correct. Just throwing it out there.
2: I, I. That's why I didn't. That's why I didn't. That's why I didn't use the middle name yet because he's got to win on sun, on Sunday before he gets there.
0: Well, I get it. You got a couple Sundays yet. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And listen, Burr's not
2: going away though. No, actually, Joey Burr.
0: Yeah, he's going to be Joey So and So Burr.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but no, uh, I, I think. Pacheco is is obviously someone they, that that if they get the run game going. Um, any ol- alert on Clyde Edwards Hilaire? I know that they talked prior to the Jacksonville game that he was close to being activated for that game. Any chance he's activated for this game? I haven't seen anything yet. On my I haven't end, seen
1: I haven't seen anything either. But I, I, I'm of the mindset right now that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if Edwards Hilaire is available now, he adds. Uh, another threat in the backfield but I think you're really looking at Pacheco as your workhorse getting things started and you throw the counterpunch and the body blows with Jarek McKinnon and if Edwards Alaire comes back into the fold then now you have a three-headed monster that you're running against and it's any given running back for himself at that point somebody's going to show out and make it happen you referenced Travis Kelsey being a threat at the tight end position but one thing that Teams that have managed to beat Kansas City this year, which weren't many, but the ones that either forced them into the loss column or sled, you know or forced them into situations where they were fighting for their life and had to you know bring on a Harrison Butker game-winning field goal, that's <laughs> when they double yeah when they double team Kelsey, and, and the double team has been very effective against uh, him this season. And if they do it right, he becomes a non-factor. And now you're having to go out to the bag of tricks at that point. But you are correct. If they do not find a way to key him and tackle him in space, he will bring down the hammer. And next thing you know, he's running from here to the next barbecue joint.
0: But here's what I like about the inclusion of Hilaire to that point: I want to see, here's what I want to see. Because, first of all, listen, uh, uh, assuming that Mahomes is at least as good a state as he was in, fresh with the adrenaline running. I don't think he's going to be as mobile. I don't. Uh, I, listen, the biggest thing about the Chiefs, should they win this game, is they might be full strength by the time they face the 49 Eagles, whoever it is. Um,
2: see what we, know, we know your heart lies.
0: Uh, honestly, listen, and I'll talk a bit about it a bit with uh, with uh, Bashir Moore Pemberton, the Muslim football scout. The Eagles really, really surprised me. They did things – I mean, I knew they were going to beat the Giants, but damn. Which, by the way, side note, how about the Giants doing a nice public service announcement of how overrated the damn Vikings were? Am I right? Ha! But um,
2: with that in mind – I thought you were going to go with giving Earnest crap about his Brian Dayball Coach of the Year.
0: Oh, well, he's obviously now fourth place in my mind, but <laughs> – More about that. You're gonna have to listen to the NFC section for me to
1: pose that question. More on that later. More on that later.
0: Wait, why am I angry? The Cowboys lost. Ha! Anyways, shouts to. Wait a minute.
1: Hold hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I think there's a Cowboys fan calling right now.
0: Damn.
1: Listen, why you do chilling like that? Okay. First of all, (laughs) listen. I listen. Need need I remind you, sir? Sorry, sweetie. Honey badger doesn't give a (laughs) Well. (laughs) Why would you and Honey stop? Badger don't play for the Chiefs no more, So, I but I but I digress. I digress, Indeed. but it's funnier when Betty White says it.
0: No, um, everything's
1: funnier when Betty White says it. Just There's something I
0: also don't want her to hear. Anyway, or want her yeah, to say.
1: But with that's that, in true. Mind,
0: Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being a part of that backfield because the outside run is off the table simply because Patrick LeVon Mahomes II can't – y'all saw him try to turn out to hand that ball off. It wasn't a thing. Yeah, he and can't was,
2: reach that stretch play he, he, to save his life. It, no. was getting,
0: it was getting read by the defense faster than my eight-year-old goes through Harry Potter books, okay? So, reading reference, people, come on. Anyway, so, but I think a way they can account for and, and get around that is maybe throwing uh, Edwards Hilaire and they around doing some fancy things in the backfield lining up. They could then, you know, go from there and putting him into the slot and do a lot of fancy stuff. I'm yeah, with I'm- anybody who talked about... Um, their defense being somewhat predictable, air quotes, it just doesn't match well against the Jags, as we saw with what the Chargers did <clears throat> the previous week. But um, I will be curious to see the Bengals attack that. You were about to say something, BP?
1: Yeah, I was. I was definitely going to agree with you about Edwards Eller lining up in the slot. In fact, he's actually a better slot receiver than most people would give him credit for. Mm. So I think, and that gives you know one Patrick LeVon Mahomes a second. Uh, an idea of what he's up against. You know, he might be able to run. You know, things out of bunch formations. You might want to run those tunnel screens a little bit. May, maybe get him in space so he's not, you know, lining up in the ace formation. You know, running between tackles. So it, it would it would still give that flavor of the Chiefs' offense we're used to seeing, but it would provide Patrick the opportunity to stay in the pocket, throw quickly, and and get something in the hands of his playmakers, which is desperately what he'll need to do. Because you're right, running that stretch play was like watching him try to run hopscotch. It was terrible, mm-hmm. and it was hip, hippity hop, a left, right, and I was waiting for him to fall on his face at that point because he could not put any pressure on that ankle whatsoever. And you got to you got to remember now, a high ankle sprain is not an injury that you just come back from. Right. Most recovery time could be up to eight weeks but you know he's going to be jabbed with needles and there's going to be enough quarter zone in him to stun a rhino for the next week and a half hmm. to see that he just gets through this game and, and possibly a Super Bowl bye week at this point, which would be the only way he'll, he'll really rest it.
0: And by the way, with that in mind, pairing uh, Edwards, Hilaire, Pacheco, um, or McKinnon, at least there's one option there that could also help in protection as well. Um, you just don't know what they're doing with it. That, that, that act of deception in the offense is a key to success. Trust me. I know a little bit about that with the coach that's running a third string quarterback, the third quarterback he's had to start this year and has had no consideration for coach of the year. But enough about that.
2: Um, Mike Byrne. Uh, When looking back at um, obviously these two teams meeting earlier this season, um, Cincinnati was able to do what we've talked about, and that's keep guys and keep the ball out of Travis Kelsey's hands. Four for 56, no touchdowns. They're gonna need something. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be that. They need something similar. They need a six, <laughs> six or seven for 80 and no touchdowns. I think is a win because now you're hope. Now, now, now you're hoping that the the three headed potential three headed running backs can can do work or that MVS or Sky Moore or whomever Juju Smith
0: so what? What's funny about that is the number I used was if the Jags can do eighty in a touchdown, that would be a win.
2: Now obviously they didn't. BP
0: can tell me all about that, but correct. Yeah, it's funny you say the same thing minus the touchdown.
2: So, uh, I mean, I mean, even if even if he catches one, maybe even two touchdowns. I, I I think the way that the the Bengal offense is working right now, um, back when they played a couple weeks ago. No Joe Mixon. Samaje Ryan ran for 100 yards against this defense. Piran did great. Yeah. Um, And I'll tell you this much right now. If there's a guy with a bigger chip on his shoulder than Joe Mixon, please feel free to point him out right now because Joe Mixon is the walking encyclopedia of basically F the NFL between the coin toss, between basically leading the charge of hope you guys got your refunds, uh for them selling the tickets for the the neutral site game if there ain't a guy right now a little bit more fired up than joe mixon i don't know who it is because that guy is ready to run through a wall it looks like
0: well not that that is everything pop quiz gentlemen i'd like both of you to weigh in um you first because i'm sure you can i already know your answer and then we'll go to bp uh joe mixon most underrated running back in the nfl yes duh bp what say you
1: no, nah, I say it's ETN. Oh, snap.
0: The I say it's ETN. I,
1: mean, I, would, nah, I nah.
2: would agree with that, if, if, but second year, the first year, basically a wash. I feel like this is like the breakout rookie campaign for him, even though they don't really call him a rookie because of the Achilles. Right, but he's still not going to be the comeback player of the year because of Saquon freaking Barkley.
1: Well, right, you. exactly. <laughs> no, Matt, I... and <laughs> yeah, I mean, all, 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 all the love to what Pacheco has done this season. But no, I, I would definitely say that ETN is, is the most underrated running back. And it's only because of the team he plays for. You know, if if he's playing for a a Tampa Bay with Tom Brady at the helm and, you know, a, and, you know, or a, a better Tom Brady, like a Super Bowl winning Tom Brady, not the Tom Brady we saw this year, or, or if he's playing for a, a Minnesota or New Orleans or, you know, anybody but the Jaguars right now. Travis ETN is a household name at this point. Right now, you're lucky if you can get him off the Matthews Bridge. So, you know, it's just, just how it is. Um, so, yeah, no, nothing to shame Mixon. Mixon does have a chip on his shoulder, and he is very angry about this. But what, what I find funny about that is I don't see why they're so angry. The Bengals have been here before, and they've won not once, not twice. But thrice. So if anybody has a chip on their shoulder right now, it better be the Kansas City Chiefs because these guys have come into your house and made you look like ass monkeys. So, you know, and nobody nobody wants to lose the AFC championship game twice in a row in your own house when you've hosted your fifth straight. Let's let's put that into perspective. Five straight AFC championship games. And this will be the second one that WKRP is going to come knocking on your door. You're going to let these boys do that again with that Who Day chant? No. I think if anybody's got a chip on their shoulder right now, it's the Kansas City Chief. Mixon can blare all he wants about refunds. Travis Kelsey is going to be angry about this game. And you'll be be able to see pregame
0: technically the burr is the man that made the refunds quote but i see where you're coming from by the way bp i appreciate you localizing it because i know where the Bengals are coming from it's a nationwide disrespect the number of people that sold out the Bengals and completely ignored the appendectomy i'm saying your line for you burn so you don't sound like a homer let me go appreciate out. that but 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 i think that's where all that comes from is from the nationwide perspective but when you localize it you make a fantastic point that uh that I cannot rival. By the way, uh, you mentioned the situation with the running game in Tampa Bay. When you're on the when you're on the 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 uh, pod, I of course have to make this joke where wouldn't Gene Deckerhoff could say that he had too much golden flake potato chips and Florida orange juice.
1: <laughs> well, yes, yes, simply orange. That's exactly what we're going for. Yeah, no, it's now you know you're you're absolutely right. You know the the localization of it, I think, is is what's going to matter right now. Yeah, the 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 nation is if if we're watching a certain program on a certain network with a bird as their logo and and watching their pregame picks, America's vote is going to be for Kansas City on this one because they all want Patrick LeVon Mahomes II to go back to the Super Bowl and keep this magical MVP season alive because he's basically going to be the front runner. Joe Burrow won't be able to hold a candle to an MVP vote when it comes to him versus Mahomes head to head. So the nation's all cheering for Kansas City. But if I'm Andy Reid, I've got the guys in the locker room right now going, listen. These blankety blank 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 cheeseburger blank blank blanks have come into our house before and, and beat us in overtime, and then they turn around and they beat us last year and took the Lamar Hunt Trophy away from it. Nobody walks away and takes the namesake trophy oh, right. outside. Yeah, of, yeah. Nobody takes nobody takes Clark's daddy's uh, he, you know headgear out. And it, no, no. So y'all better dig in and realize that high ankle sprain to be damned y'all better come out slinging because these boys are going to roll you over and march on to the Super Bowl once again at your expense. So, yeah, I, I, I almost put a very much a, a college-level pageantry on this game this coming weekend. There's a lot of stats you can break down. We can all tear this up and analyze it to high heaven. But when it boils down to it, if I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I'm looking at anybody in orange and black. And yeah, I'll be nice to you and offer you barbecue, but as soon as toe hits leather, you're dead men walking. I don't want Cincinnati to win this win this game at all. I want them to lose and I want them to lose by 50 for what they did to us last year. This is serious if you're Kansas City. You're the pride of what you've been doing. I know I sound like I'm preaching a sermon here. I'm gonna get the, oh, get the no. organ going in a minute here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but it's like hey, oh, Bucky. You know, right. the pride of what yeah, exactly the pride of what you stand on in, in the seasons that you've had, you know, are all writing on these pipsqueaks from Cincinnati who are who went from zero to hero all of a sudden. And you know, it, it's that's where Kansas city should be at mentally for this game, how you scheme for it. The X's and O's. Yeah. They'll work that magic out. But just from a football player's perspective, I'd be pissed beyond passivity that I have to see these guys again, and I am not letting them walk out of my house with the Lamar Hunt trophy and march under the Super Bowl, come hell or high water. <laughs> we'll have a lot to say
0: on the, on the sports report for the Captain and Company morning show from this one, I can tell you. Bing! Um, with that in mind, I'm not going to top that. you given basically cliff notes of what – the Kool-Aid Man's speech should be, yeah, Andy Reid wearing that much red. Tell me I'm wrong, BP. But you've given Cliff Notes to what his speech should be to the guys. Yeah, this guy gets it. Um, what exactly? Uh, I'll just jump right in prediction here for you. I'm not. I don't think you're going to make a better point. You might, but <laughs> that's a good point to jump to your score, man. What What do you see this game ending out as?
1: Well, un- unfortunately, I-, I I see this being the track meet that it was in the regular season. And I'm not going to call overtime, but I'm, I'm going to go with Vegas on this one and stick to the line. I say Harrison Butker drives one through the back of the net with time expiring in the fourth quarter. I say it's it's twenty seven, twenty four chiefs in a game winning field goal situation because Cincinnati leaves them too much time on the clock and Patrick LeVon Mahomes does his magic, and Travis Kelsey catches one downfield to put him in field goal range, and Butker knocks one in from 50.
0: I mean, the the legend of recovering from an injury to deliver in that fashion would be anything better than Thomas
2: Edward Patrick Bieber. Brainy did. Mikey Byrne, what say you, sir? Your pick, his pick, America's pick, Uh, his ankle, my ankle, Patrick Mahomes' ankle. 16 to 27 for 233 and a touchdown. And they blew a lead in the Natty already this year. I look at it from this standpoint. I want every person on NBC, I want every person on CBS to pick against us because you're just going to keep playing into the hand that is the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> we talked about it whenever the coin toss situation occurred. They thought we weren't going to get there, but guess what? They've got to play us. It's been the rallying cry of the Cincinnati Bengals the entire season. They've got to play us. I get it. We're three, and zero against them. That's still a really good quarterback, but you kept a really, really, really good quarterback to 16 completions and 200 yards with two good ankles. Pin the ears back, apply pressure. Bengals. 28 chiefs 24 joe burrow back-to-back afc champion there
0: you go well hey listen call it homer if you want and maybe bp will get a laugh out of it but i'm in a place where i am struggling to pick past the bear i'm not here to tell you that it's going to be a riot of a game i don't think it'll come down to a field goal why Someone's going to be into a pressure situation where it is, in fact, a touchdown that wins the day. Sure, maybe they can give you some free football with a field goal, but I don't think that's what's going to happen here. Patrick LeVon Mahomes II is going to miss a throw or two somewhere because throwing the football is a full-body motion. Does this mean that he will suddenly not be called Patrick LeVon Mahomes II on this show? Child, please! I'm still trying to figure out how he made that third and 21 in the Super Bowl to beat the Niners in what should have been San 6-0. Sorry, I, <clears throat> I'm I'm talking with a therapist about that. But the punchline is this: not really, I hope. But the, but the punchline is this: at the end of the day, um, I do see a shutout. This is going to be an over the likes of which we would expect with the Big Twelve. Whether it delivers that or not is a whole other question. What do you think?
2: Taxes in the over.
0: Bing. This guy got it. This guy gets it. Um. But um. I have thirty-one twenty-seven final score in favor of the Bengals. I believe Joey Burr throws the ball down the field. A key catch is made. Maybe Mixon gets the final touchdown. But at the end of the day, um, I see Joey Burr making the one extra play that Mahomes can't because he's limited by injury late in the game. And pain sucks. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. So, gentlemen, quite the segment. I was going to say only 30 minutes, but we did more. And why? Because I'm the host, and I can do what the beep I want. Does that sound familiar to beep, Somebody else say that sort of thing that you know?
1: Yeah, this sounds familiar too. Get used to it.
0: Now both (laughs) y'all have an opportunity to be Homer. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Brian Paul BP from the shores of the St. Johns. Tell the world where you can be found, my friend.
1: Well, you can find me every Monday through Friday morning on Captain and Company in the morning. I do the sports wraps and just for funsies, I do the horoscopes. You can also find me calling High School Sports here in North Florida, courtesy of Florida Sports Broadcasting. Check us out, floridasportsbroadcasting.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Click the notification button to hear my dulcet tones every week during football season.
0: I wondered where that Instagram follow came from. I'm going to need to follow back here right shortly.
1: That would be us, yeah.
0: I, I appreciate that, that too. By the way, thank you for the extra opportunity to drop the Florida Sports Broadcasting name here on the show. Honor, joy, and privilege. Thanks for coming aboard, BP. And, of course, I always enjoy when I get a chance to feel the burn. Mike Bernier, Five for Fighting podcast. Tell
2: the world. Yeah, uh, Kyle already mentioned it. Five for Fighting on the Huddle Up podcast feed. Um, you can listen to Kyle dunk on Ernest EJ Christian on the Tuesday live show that they do. It's become like a national holiday for me. I just getting to watch Kyle Doug all over Ernest. It's great. You're a national Holiday Weekly? Bro, that's the biggest compliment you've ever given me. Hey, that's what I do, man. Other than hanging out with your family, of course. Something EJ will never do.
1: Exactly. Cash that oh. cash that in.
2: Yep. <laughs> uh, also, you can follow me on Twitter if you would like they call me burn. B-E-R-N, last four letters of burn, because it's my last name. Um, I yes, also do Bern, a-
0: that's burn Switzerland rather than burn as an ouch, but yeah, feel the burn. Hey, ring that register again. They got a lot of that in burn switzerland.
2: uh yeah so i also do a a fun podcast uh for the local men's baseball league down here in south florida you can find that at sunny days and double plays um then i do the the uh the wrestling show with Ernest, my good friend joe and producer jim aka big jim of uh, huddle up incorporated as i've so elegantly called it um you can find that at take three wrestling uh that's the 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 number three never the word because i don't like to type
0: the number three not the word three that sounds familiar for people who talk about three-point conversions and i don't mean just for the xfl um gentlemen honor joy and privilege appreciate you jumping in um listen may the may the force be both with your squads and uh, we'll see what happens man looking forward to it
1: absolutely thanks for having me on remember kids it's not peer pressure it's just your turn
2: thanks kyle
0: i like that anyways of course thank you to Mikey Byrne and uh, BP for coming in and handling business with the AFC. I had planned to have the Muslim football scout, Bashir Umar Pemberton, talk some Eagles with me. You've seen him a couple times on the show already, do a fantastic job with Eagles stuff. Uh, But unfortunately, he had family issues. Um, You know, prayers to him and his family. Hoping everything with that goes uh, completely well for him. So you get to hear me talk about the game instead. And listen, I know what you're thinking. You're a for you, Cal. We know which way you're going. <clears throat> Here's the thing. That Giants game, first of all, props to the Giants for their PSA exposing Minnesota's frauds. We saw that. I talked about that earlier. But the Eagles showed me something. I wasn't prepared to, for them to be that quite, I don't want to say explosive, but balanced on offense. And Jalen Hurts was on no uncertain terms ready to go in that game. I don't think anybody will question Jalen Hurts' health at this point. No one will say that Jalen Hurts. Sorry, I had to do it. Which leads me to this. Both teams have really good defenses. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. Nick Bosa is a Defensive Player of the Year candidate uh, for the Niners. And Hassan Reddick. Fletcher Cox and Dominican Sue are all members of the front for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's an impressive group on both sides. I don't think there's any uncertainty there. But And you may have heard me say this on either the Huddle Up podcast bing, or the Earnestly Speaking podcast. Bing. But if I'm breaking this game down, which I'm doing right now for you guys, it, it, it goes this way after seeing Jalen Hurts trounce the Giants and seeing the Niners' offense, whether it's more conservative play-calling that the fans have come to know and loathe from Kyle Shanahan or dealing with having Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback and Brock Purdy, who has done better than literally any other Mr. Irrelevant in history, but what does that really tell you? It's still Kyle Shanahan on his third-string quarterback, right? We see Patrick LeVon Mahomes II with a bad ankle in the AFC. We're like, ooh, that changes the... uh, Path to history there and yet somehow the third string quarterback being in the playoffs and currently undefeated well i'll put it this way we need to be talking more about kyle shanahan as a coach of the year candidate i still got doug peterson go don't get it twisted now but for me it's the top four candidates peterson nick sirianni of the eagles kyle shanahan and Brian Dayball, right? I don't know. You, 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 if you got anything different, listen. The comments are right there, ladies and gentlemen. Please uh, type it out. Also, the socials right here: the SOTG on Twitter and Instagram, Student Game on Facebook. At me all you want. Please let me hear the argument. But the the thing I keep hearing that I can't refute, despite the fact Trent Williams on the offensive line, dominated left tackle uh, at the left tackle position, I should say, uh, against Micah Parsons in the Dallas Cowboy defense. There were opportunities that the Cowboys' offense forwent. I know everybody's putting it on Dak Prescott, but listen, Tony Pollard getting hurt and, and Ezekiel Elliott just not being able to handle the business and all that. I, it, 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 The argument was made that opportunities were left on the table by the Cowboys and the Niners scoring 19 points. You're not supposed to win a football game that way, and yet they did. The Cowboys even had a special team's turnover go that way, their way, and they only came away with three points. So, I mean, more credit to the 49ers defense, which is amazing, sure, but you look at that versus Jalen Hurt, who is always at least, I'm going to say, a top 15, maybe a top 10 candidate at quarterback versus Mr. Irrelevant. And I get it. The Niners make their living on pencil whipping um, in the coach, at the coaching range, Shanahan taking out the opposition and creating opportunities where great players at skill positions make plays. And, and you know, and and Brandon Ayuk gets the opportunity to make plays because he's at least good enough to get uh, to make the play when attention is drawn to George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, et cetera, right? But here's what it comes down to for me. The Eagles run the ball well, and Jalen Hurts is a threat in the air. I wouldn't know which dimension I would try to take away from the Eagles immediately. But let's say you want to dare Jalen Hurts to throw. Fine. You cut off that running game. You make them one-dimensional. You get them throwing the football in desperation and hoping to 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 you know make big plays and score fast. I don't see that happening, but let's say it does. For the Niners, it's a lot more simple to stop the run and ask Brock Purdy to beat you. The Lions' def- or excuse me, the Niners' defense will be hoping to put the Eagles' quarterback behind bars, which means they'll be attempting to make it so that they're jalen hurts huh huh right shut up anyways meanwhile the eagles defense are going to be trying to take stock from brock if both those items are successful both defenses are successful which no reason to believe that can't happen you're asking me to bet on brock purdy ahead of jalen hurts i can't do it take the under in this game if you're betting. I think it's 45 here as I talk to you and record this on a Tuesday night late. But I don't care what my hat says. I have the Eagles winning this football game. And um I will be seeing the Eagles and the Bengals at the Super Bowl in Arizona, right? I go to two Super Bowls and the Bengals are in both of them. Figure that out. I mean, any excuse to go see Joey Burr is fun. I mean, I don't know what more I need to say about that. That just cleared its own right. But anyways, enough about that. Thanks for joining in this conference championship Sunday edition of the student of the game course. I'm Kyle Nash, the student of the game. You can find me on Twitter at the SOTG. Find me on Instagram as the same, the SOTG. Check out my Facebook as the student of the game. My writings with the black and gold banneret and the three-point conversion, as well as my efforts with A7BN Sports, did mention covering the Orlando Guardians with the three-point conversion a 7 bn in sports so that should be fun as well doing a lot of interviews uh with coaches uh terrell buckley the head coach offensive coordinator robert ford of course defensive coordinator um uh, coach carter as well uh coach tony carter as well uh that was fun too and then met uh kamali Kemal- matthews their center today so that was fun too look for that on the socials as well and uh, possibly on the three-point conversion youtube channel we haven't worked that out yet but um and honor joy and privilege friends thanks for coming aboard and until next time everyone class dismissed <laughs>